This is the Mount Carmel Christian Church Podcast. Today, teaching minister Tim Peace will be teaching the message. Well, hey, uh, friends. Uh, Glad that you have joined us online. Uh, We've been in the midst of a message series called New Identity. Uh, We've been looking at stories in the Bible where an individual is given a new name and a new identity uh, in relationship to their faithfulness to God and taking part in his story. And this week, uh, you know, as has been the case for the last couple of weeks, uh, we are are in this online thing because we are still in the midst of of a pandemic, a crisis. And um, it's been kind of interesting, uh, not only being cooped up at home, but just checking in on Uh, friends and family and seeing how people are doing. And one of the interesting things that continues to come up um, is not uh, that uh, I'm getting depressed or I'm anxious or I'm I'm feeling stuck in the walls of my house. Yes, those things have come up. But one of the things that I continue to hear people say is, I just wish I could do more. I wish uh, I could help uh, this person more. I wish I could uh, do more of this. I just feel like I'm not contributing enough uh, to the cause of of making things better or uh, helping people that are in need out. And I think that's um, I think that's a very very noble thing to say. But I also think uh, that that's a way that we tend to uh, put more weight on our shoulders and, and a season in which. There's already a lot of weight on our shoulders. And so today, as part of our new identity series, I wanted to talk about a particular person in the book of Acts that shows up pretty prominently. In fact, I would argue that if it weren't for this individual, uh, the spread of Christianity uh, to the Gentile community uh, beyond the uh, original community of Jewish Christians uh, wouldn't have happened. And no, I'm not talking about the Apostle Paul. We'll be saving him for next week. Now, I'm talking actually about a guy by the name of Barnabas, although when he's introduced to us in Scripture, he's introduced to us by the name of Joseph. And so I want to read a couple of verses uh, to you about uh, this this person, Barnabas, uh, so that it sets the stage for what we can learn about him. Um, You should know that his name comes up in a really interesting moment in, in the Bible story here in the book of Acts. Uh, Peter and John, uh, two apostles, basically um, escape uh, a persecution situation. And in the response to their deliverance, um, the church uh, comes together and they start giving of their possessions and supporting one another. Uh, The story in Acts chapter 4 says that the people start to sell uh, their, their land, their property, and laying the proceeds at the disciples' feet. And here, in order to single uh, an exemplar out, uh, we're, we're introduced to a fellow by the name of Joseph. And this is what it says about him in verse 36 and 37 of chapter 4. It says, There was a Levite, a native of Cyprus, Joseph, to whom the apostles gave the name Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He sold a field that belonged to him, then brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, 
the cool thing about this is not only do we get a singled out story of this person that did this generous act and is supporting the work and the mission of the church, uh, but it's actually unique, the individual that they single out here. We're told that, that Joseph is a Levite. And if you know your Old Testament history, or if you don't, I'll tell you the real quick summary version of it. Basically, uh, Joseph being a Levite, uh, while he was a, a citizen of the people of God, as a Levite, he was not in the Old Testament time able to own property because the Lord was uh, his uh, was his inheritance, was the Levite's inheritance. Um, it says that in the book of Joshua and, and so forth. Now, we're not sure at this period of time whether the Levites were still practicing this non-land ownership. But the other interesting detail is that Joseph is a native of Cyprus. This was an island that was to the uh, northwest of Jerusalem. And um, and so it was a, a Greek island, but there was a thriving Jewish population at the time of Joseph uh, called Barnabas here. And so while he wasn't allowed to uh, own land in uh, Israel proper, um, nothing said he couldn't own land somewhere else. And so this person living in a thriving Jew Jewish community in Cyprus probably owned land there. And we get this detail because it's likely that he sold his property there and brought the proceeds to support the church. Now, it's kind of cool. We find out that Barnabas's name is, uh, his nickname is Son of Encouragement. And when you read the rest of the story of Barnabas throughout the book of Acts, you'll find out how encouragement is defined by the way he lives. And basically what we learn about Barnabas throughout the book of Acts is that uh, everything that he has, everything uh, that makes up his being, his time, his talent, his resources, he uses all of these things in order to encourage the people of God and the mission that they're called to. So in this particular instance that we just read, he sells his property and he lays the proceeds at the apostles' feet uh, for use. And, and this, mind you, stands out because in the very next chapter, we're told of uh, people that uh, sell their stuff but hold back some of the proceeds and attempt to lie and things don't go real well for those people. But for Barnabas, he's exemplary of this movement of the church to give of their resources for the mission of the church. But that's not all that Barnabas gave. Later on in the book of Acts, we find out that uh, Barnabas is a group of guys that are considered prophets and teachers. And so uh, he gets to go along with Paul on a missionary journey uh, all over the map in order to share the gospel. And so we learn that, that Barnabas is a talented uh preacher and teacher of the word of God and uh, the story of Jesus. And he is uh, following through on giving of what he's got uh, to benefit the world around him, to bring them to know Jesus and to support the work of the church. And so when we find out that he's a preacher and teacher, he uses those gifts, those talents, those God-given things uh, in order to fulfill the mission of the church and to uh, love others. Um, we also find out uh, that he is, shockingly, an encourager. And so not only do he and Paul go around establishing churches by sharing the gospel, but they come back around to places they visited before, and they encourage and build up 
the churches that were founded by them uh, in order uh, to help them to do uh, the work that they are doing. And the last thing that we find out about Barnabas, which might seem like a negative, but, but really is not, is that after he and Paul are summoned to a council at Jerusalem to figure out how uh, non-Jewish Christians can be a part of the fold of the people of God. And by the way, Barnabas and Paul successfully argue their side of things. Um, effectively, uh, Paul and Barnabas are going to go on another journey together, and they end up having a really, really uh, heavy disagreement. And the disagreement is over the fact that Barnabas has a cousin by the name of John Mark. We learn about uh, his relationship with John Mark in one of Paul's letters. And uh, the disagreement is about the fact that earlier on in one of their journeys, John Mark decided to leave the group and effectively abandon them. And so uh, Barnabas wants to bring John Mark along with he and Paul on their journey. Paul doesn't want that to happen. He feels like John Mark abandoned them, shouldn't bring them along. Um, and so they get in a heavy disagreement over this and they end up splitting apart. Um, and it's kind of an interesting thing because here's this son of encouragement uh, getting in a dispute with one of the most famous, if not the most famous missionaries uh, in the history of the church. And the way that the text reads it, it feels as if Barnabas might have been in the wrong. At least that could be one reading. But there's another way of reading this story. And I just want to read the words here uh, to you uh, so you get a picture of what happens. It starts at verse 36 of Acts 15. It says, After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Come, let us return and visit uh, the believers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark. But Paul decided not to take with them one who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not accompanied them in their work. The disagreement became so sharp that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away back to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and set out. The believers commending him to the grace of the Lord, he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Now we hear that Paul and Silas go on and they strengthen the churches. And so this kind of makes Barnabas on one angle look bad. But another way of understanding this is that Barnabas being an encourager uh, doesn't give up on John Mark, even though he abandoned the mission later on. He still sees value in this person. So he takes him back to his native Cyprus. And we can assume based on Barnabas's character throughout the book of Acts, that this is a guy that truly wants to share the faith with anyone that he can. And so he's going to take uh, the message of Jesus back to his home, and he's going to bring along uh, this John Mark figure. Now, something you should also know about Barnabas is he is the one that did not abandon Paul when the rest of the apostles in Acts chapter 9 wanted to abandon Paul out of fear that Paul was still a persecutor of the church. And so this is just in Barnabas's nature to be an encouraging person, whether he's giving of his resources, whether he's using his talents uh, to preach the gospel and to build up the church, or whether it's being there to pick up someone that might have stumbled along the way 
and, and repurposing them and having value for them. And so as I'm thinking about this story of Barnabas and I'm thinking about the situation that we're in today and thinking about all the people that I've heard time and time again saying, I just don't feel like I'm doing enough. I, I feel like I could help people more. It got me thinking about the fact that Barnabas never stops in the book of Acts and, and says what he cannot do, uh, what he doesn't have to give that he wishes he had to give. Uh, he doesn't sit and think about the talents that he doesn't possess. Instead, Barnabas is the person that gives of what he has in order to encourage those around him. And so if I could leave you with one idea today in light of the story of Barnabas, it would be this, that if you're going to reflect on the encouraging one, the son of encouragement, if you're going to reflect on what it means to encourage others, your loved ones, your friends, your family, people that don't know Jesus that you interact with, even if it's in a virtual space in this time of crisis. I want you to remember one thing. To really encourage means to give of what you've got and to not worry about what you cannot. Give of what you've got. Don't worry about what you cannot. You see, it's easy to add more weight onto an already weighty situation and to overlook the things we already have that we can do for one another. Yeah, it's true. Uh, we have to keep social distancing because we want to look out for the vulnerable uh, to this illness that's going on. But most of us have one of these in our pocket or a uh, means to be able to make a phone call, uh, send a text message, an email, have a video chat. You can send an encouraging word to somebody. And if you're capable of that and you love someone, then do it. You don't need to look very far to figure out something that you can do. And maybe, you know, uh, without taking a, a major risk to other people, there can be other things that you can be capable of doing that you can just do because you're well capable of doing them. Rather than sitting and focusing on what you're not doing or what you're incapable of doing in a moment like this, where there are some things that we're not able to do, I would encourage you to take a cue from the son of encouragement and to give of what you've got in this moment and not to focus on what you cannot. Because it is in that way uh, that we will not only be able to come together while we're in isolation, but it's another way we can share the love of God to build up one another within the church and to share the love of God with those outside of the church when they see and they hear of the good uh, that Christians are doing. You know, it pains me uh, to, uh, to hear about, uh, you know, church situations where, uh, where we've got people that, uh, and, and I don't blame them, they desperately want to be together, but maybe they are missing the mark when it comes to uh, taking care of the vulnerable. And, and I think one of the things that's interesting is, and I wanna leave you with this, Barnabas was a core encourager of Paul. And Paul several times in the letters that we have in the New Testament often remarks how he wishes he could physically be with the people to whom he's writing. But for one reason or another, he couldn't. And so Paul used the medium of the day, the social media of the day, the digital technology of the day, 
in order to be present with people. And that was in letter writing. And so it's funny because while Barnabas and Paul, while the son of encouragement and the greatest missionary of the early church, get in a disagreement over taking along a fellow on a missionary journey, we see the influence of the son of encouragement in the way that Paul encourages the churches to whom he writes. And even though he can't be physically there, he used whatever mode of communication he could in order to encourage others. And that's why our New Testament is full of letters of the Apostle Paul, who again, we're going to get to hear about next week. And so this week, you know, in a, in a season where uh, things feel heavy, uh, where it feels like there's despair and fear, I wanted to bring a story about a guy who was given a name, a nickname, the son of encouragement, because it embodied who he was as a person in the early church. And through his story, I want to encourage you to go on being an encourager of those around you in whatever ways we can, despite the limitations that we may feel. So this week, in light of the son of encouragement, give of what you can and don't worry about what you can earn. You can find out more about us on the web at mtcarmelchurch.org.